I'd like a burger, please. No mustard on mine, just ketchup. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. I would not eat green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're talking about eating out. It's a topic that has even more relevance these days. We're in the middle of the COVID lockdown that's in various stages throughout the country right now as I record this. A lot of restaurants and bars are open again. Me, I'm not interested in going out to eat out right now, even though I love to eat out. But because I haven't been able to do it for several months, it's made me think about it even more. See, in recent years, we've been making it a regular thing to go out on Friday nights, kind of like an entry into the weekend. Yay, the week is over. Yay, the weekend is here. So we'd go out to dinner on Friday nights. Nothing fancy. I mean, the basic chain restaurants, Applebee's, Chili's, maybe the local diner, but it had the benefit of not having us cook it. That's why you go out, so you don't have to cook the meal yourself. We generally cook in. Mrs. Gamerdude and I split the cooking duties as much as possible. But that Friday going out to dinner... That was a thing, so we didn't have to worry about cooking. We didn't have to worry about anything at the end of the week except picking a restaurant. With the COVID lockdown, we stopped going out at all for a long period of time. We've kind of reinstated the Friday eating out thing a little bit because I order stuff up, go to the restaurant and pick it up. So we still don't have to cook it. And it's kind of a celebration of the end of the week. But it's different when you're picking it up and bringing it home than it is if you're going out to eat it there. There's just a different feel about it. But what that got me thinking about is how eating out has changed over the years. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. I've mentioned this several times before. When I was a kid, eating out was not really a regular thing. It was really a treat for us. Maybe once a month we would go out to a restaurant, perhaps on a Sunday after church. There was a place called the Hanover Trail Steakhouse. That's where we would go after church. That would be on the days that dad actually went to church with us. That's a whole separate podcast episode right there. But we would already be dressed up, and going out to eat was kind of a dress-up thing when I was a kid. You put on good clothes because you were going to a sit-down restaurant. That was really the prevalent thing when I was really young. Sit-down restaurants. Which is probably why we didn't go out very much, because who wants to bring three kids to a sit-down restaurant? It's hard enough just getting them in the car, let alone getting them to sit still at a table in a restaurant. So I'm sure that had a lot to do with the fact that we didn't go out very much. Now, when I was a kid, that's when the fast food restaurants started to really come into being. I remember when the first McDonald's opened near us. They had McDonald's. They just weren't as prevalent as they are now. When I was a kid, the first McDonald's opened up about 20 minutes from the house. And it was a cause for celebration because it was fast food. It was cheap food. And every once in a while, more frequently than that once a month, we might be able to go out and get McDonald's burgers. Now, I wasn't paying attention to the menu all that much. I don't think the burgers were that expensive, like a quarter, something like that. That's how the prices were back then. But even then, we didn't have two nickels to rub together, so we didn't go out because it was expensive. McDonald's made it more affordable. And McDonald's also made it so that you didn't have to put on your fancy clothes to go out and eat. You could just go in your jeans and t-shirt and find a table at the McDonald's. And by the way, that's an important thing that McDonald's brought. Not only the fast food, but the casual dining and the quick in and out. And eventually, they also helped lead the way to takeout. Because you could go to McDonald's, order your food, and ask for it to go. Before the fast food restaurants, McDonald's, Burger King, Kentucky Fried Chicken, you didn't get takeout. When you were going out to eat, you were going out to eat. 
The idea was to be someplace else, not to bring it home. And even before McDonald's popularized it, we had a couple of local Chinese restaurants that offered takeout. You know, the traditional Chinese food containers. You could order the Chinese food at certain places and bring it home with you. But the Chinese restaurants also had a dining area because takeout was still not the norm. Nowadays, you can go to a strip mall and find a Chinese restaurant and there's a counter there and maybe a table for you to sit down. But the Chinese restaurant that we went to when I was a kid had a huge dining area. You could order takeout, but they expected you to come in there, sit down and eat. That was the way every restaurant worked when I was a kid. You would go, sit down and eat. Takeout was the exception. Now, I mentioned the Chinese restaurant. Chinese restaurant was exotic fare when I was growing up. If we got pork fried rice and chicken chow mein, ooh, you were really being adventurous. When I was growing up, there weren't any Indian restaurants. There weren't any Brazilian steakhouses. There weren't any Middle Eastern restaurants. There were no sushi places. We didn't know what a ramen noodle restaurant was. None of this stuff existed when I was a kid. When you went out to eat, if it wasn't fast food, your choices were going to a local restaurant, like Big Jim's Family Restaurant. You might be able to go to a local diner. In New Jersey, we have lots of local diners you can go to. You would have local steakhouses pop up, Hanover Trail Steakhouse. And there were a couple of other odd choices that you had to choose from, which I'm going to talk about in just a second. But those choices no longer exist because of the way our culture has changed, because of the way society has changed, and because of the way our eating habits have changed. And it was kind of interesting to think about this as I was putting this episode together because I've seen the evolution of eating out in ways that are going to be completely foreign to you. I remember at the mall near our house, and I've been trying to remember if it was a Woolworths or a Ben Franklin Five and Dime. The Five and Dime means it's a store where everything was five or ten cents, supposedly. But these little local stores, which were like mini department stores, but very local, owned by local people, they had lunch counters in them. I know it's weird, right? But if you'd go to the back of the Woolworths, if you'd go to the back of the Ben Franklins, there'd be a counter set up back there. One of those old-style lunch counters, formica top, chrome around the edge, six or seven stools in front of it. And they'd have somebody working the counter, making food. There was a little kitchen back there. They had a soda fountain there. And when I say soda fountain, it's not just a fridge with cans of Coke or bottles of Coke. It was an actual fountain. I mean, not the fountain in the park with Coke spewing out of it. But if you've ever been to a bar where you get draft beer, a soda fountain, you would pull a handle and you would get Coke or ginger ale or whatever they had on tap, I guess is the best way to put it. And they also had an ice cream freezer and you could get milkshakes. You could get an ice cream cone. You could get a hamburger. You could get a hot dog. But there was a lunch counter in the back of some of these stores. Now, I don't remember ever sitting down for a full meal at any of these stores. But I do remember mom and dad or grandma or my aunt buying an ice cream cone for us to shut us up. And you could get that at the counter in the back of the Woolworths. The other place that you could go get a meal, and it was fancier than the lunch counter, the fancy department stores, Macy's, Bamberger's, Gimbel's, they actually had a restaurant in the department store. I mean, a full-blown restaurant. They didn't have a huge selection, but you could get a meal there. You could get dessert there. You could get coffee there. So if you're in the midst of a long day of shopping, or if you're out and about and you needed to take a break, you could go to the restaurant in the Macy's, have a couple of cookies and a cup of coffee, sit back, take a load off, and then get back to your shopping. Now, you have to remember the Woolworths, the Ben Franklin, the Macy's, the Gimbel's, Years ago, these were standalone stores. You had to go downtown Morristown, downtown Livingston, 
whatever town you were near, you would go into the main area of the town and the stores would be there. And there might not be a lunch place in town. Or maybe it was a fancy restaurant and you just wanted a quick hot dog or an ice cream cone to shut the kids up. So these stores would put these little restaurants or lunch counters in them to keep you downtown shopping. When shopping malls started to come about in the 70s and the 80s, they would pick up one of these big department stores like Macy's or Bamberger's. And the department store would carry this tradition over into the mall. And I remember going to the Rockaway Mall, which is near where I grew up. There was a big Macy's there. And on the second floor, they had a restaurant. And that restaurant was there for ages. I remember it clearly, not only because I went there, but because it was right opposite the hair salon. They also had a hair salon there for the very same reason. It was convenient for all the people shopping in the Macy's to just go upstairs, grab a bite to eat, get their hair done. It was a thing that department stores did. Now, these restaurants and lunch counters started to fade away over time when the Woolworths closed downtown, when the Ben Franklin Five and Dime closed downtown. So did the lunch counter. When the Macy's closed up its downtown location, the restaurant went away. The Macy's would take the restaurant up to the mall with them, but then the mall started developing these food courts. Now, the food courts offered you a wide variety of different choices and different kinds of food. Stuff that was unheard of when I was a kid. Chinese, Japanese, Indian, Middle Eastern, salads, pizzas, smoothies, every fast food you could think of. All in one little area in the shopping mall, which really kind of took the place of whatever might have been downtown if the stores were in downtown. Basically, the food court became downtown. Now, with the malls dying out in so many parts of the country... These food courts are going away too. But I do remember those restaurants in the Macy's and the lunch counter in the back of Woolworths. It's the way it used to be. Now, if you were downtown, there were also little diners or little restaurants. If you ever watch an old movie set in the 40s, set in the 50s, you're going to find these lunch counters. That's the way that was. You'll see depictions of these lunch counters, these little eateries, these little cafes. Have a short order cook in the back, a counter in the front, a couple tables inside. You don't see McDonald's in those movies from the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. You don't see fast food in those movies because it didn't exist. Fast food was a couple of slices of toast and a cup of coffee at Joe's Eatery. That was fast food. And by the way, I use the term fast food because that's how McDonald's, that's how Burger King, that's how Kentucky Fried Chicken was advertised when they first hit the scene. Fast food. You'll have your meal in two minutes. And that's because they had the food prepared, wrapped, and under a heat lamp and ready to go as soon as you walked in. I mean, you could literally walk into a McDonald's, order your full meal, and have it in literally less than two minutes. You wanted two burgers, an order of fries, and a Coke? You'd order that up, they'd slap two burgers, an order of fries, and a Coke on your tray, and boom, you're done. And you're at your table. Because they were already made. There were no special orders, there were no fancy sauces. It was a burger, pickles, ketchup, mustard, onions already on it, boom, that's your burger. Wrapped up, ready to go. And they were sitting there when you walked in. You could see the tray in the back of the cashiers, the heat lights on them. They'd have half a dozen burgers all ready to go. You wanted two, they'd pull two off the rack, throw them on your tray, boom, there's your burgers. Now, you didn't know how long they were sitting there. You had a much better chance of getting a fresh burger going in at 6 o'clock, dinner time, than you did at 4 o'clock, because that burger could have been sitting there since noon. But you got it fast, so there was that. But that's one of the things that made McDonald's and Burger King... And Wendy's, when it came around, so popular is you could get your food in a hurry. Now, Burger King introduced the concept of having it your way. They actually introduced the concept of ordering your food the way you wanted it. Not the way they were preparing it, but the way you wanted it. If you wanted a Whopper with no lettuce, no tomato, no onion, you could order it. 
They even had a jingle that included the lyric, Special orders don't upset us. Because the way to get the stink eye at McDonald's was to order a burger with something special. I'd like a burger, please, no onions. Oh my God, people would stare daggers at you. People would hate you. People would hate you at McDonald's if you did that because they actually had to go cook a fresh burger for you. And that would slow down the process. Your two-minute turnaround time turned into five whole minutes. Which doesn't sound bad until you realize that you're used to being in and out in two minutes. So those extra three minutes? Oh my God, it made people crazy. So Burger King trumpeted itself as the place where you could make special orders. And they wouldn't be upset by it. I mean, nowadays you go into a McDonald's, even if you order a burger with nothing special on it, it still takes them ten minutes to get it done. I guess that's partly because of our crazy insistence on fresh food these days. We don't like our burgers sitting around for two hours. But that's something that's changed over the years. Years ago, I guess we didn't care that they were giving us a two-hour-old burger, as long as it was warm. Nowadays, we have this insistence on fresh. One of the other things that made it fast at McDonald's, and actually made it fast at other restaurants, is the limited selections that you had. When I was growing up, the menus were very simple. The choices were very few. We were a simple folk back then. We had choices of hamburger, cheeseburger, Big Mac, filet of fish fries, drink, milkshake. Basically, that was it. There was no breakfast at McDonald's back in those days. There were no double cheeseburgers. There were no specialty sandwiches. There was no chicken. There were no nuggets. It was a burger, a cheeseburger, a Big Mac, and fries. Those were your choices. But you know, back in those days, that was enough. We didn't eat a lot. We just needed something. But you know what? The limited choices were very much the way it was for pretty much every restaurant you went to. I mean, you might have six or seven choices for breakfast, three or four choices for lunch, six or seven choices for dinner. The menu at a local diner might be a page. If you went to the fancy restaurant, it might be two pages, a front and a back of one page, or a little booklet that would open up and you'd have two pages. Here's our breakfast. Eggs, pancakes, waffles, French toast. Dinner might be chicken, Salisbury steak, T-bone steak, filet of sole. There wasn't anything fancy. There weren't a lot of options. You had very limited choices when I was growing up, so you had to make do with what was on the menu. But you were fine with that because you weren't cooking it. You were out of the house. You weren't going to have dishes to do. So whether you were at McDonald's for a burger and fries, or at the local diner for a chicken breast with broccoli and rice on the side, you were happy. You weren't home cooking. It was a good deal. We didn't need a lot of choices. Compare that to today. Go into a cheesecake factory. It's like you're getting a volume of the Encyclopedia Britannica with all the choices you have. 17 different salads. 23 ways to make a burger. 7 different variations of a steak. I've been to the Cheesecake Factory. I've lost my place in the menu. There is so much in there. Even if you go to a Chili's, the menu's 10 pages long. They have lots of colorful pictures and lots of variations on the theme of pasta or chicken or steak or whatever you're looking at, but it can be mind-numbing. Let's see, do I want the southwestern steak? Do I want the jalapeno steak? Do I want the steak bruschetta? Do I want the grilled steak? I don't know. I don't know. Help me. When you went to a restaurant when I was a kid, you got the steak. Your choices were rare, medium rare, medium, or well done. That was it. There weren't sauces, there weren't sides, there weren't special seasonings. It was a steak. I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a different thing. One of the things that I remember that I kind of miss is the handwritten checks. It used to be that when your waiter or your waitress would come up to your table, they'd have one of those traditional waiter-waitress pads 
there'd be lines on it where they'd write whatever your order was and then the price. So it would be T-bone steak, well done, $9.99. Filet of sole, no butter, $7.99. And that would be on this handwritten check. And then at the end of the meal, the waiter or waitress would calculate your total bill, add in the tax, and write it out right there at the table and hand you the check. And then you would often pay in cash, either to the waiter or the waitress or up at the front. Nowadays, everybody has a touchpad. They basically click on a button. They generate a computerized bill, which either they'll deliver to your table at the end of the meal, or a lot of restaurants have those self-serve things at your table now. You don't even have to see the waiter again. You just punch in the buttons on the touchpad on your table, add your tip, and you can walk. I kind of miss that little ritual at the end of the meal. The waiter or waitress would say, Do you need anything else? And when you said no, they'd draw that line at the end and start adding. And then hand you your check. It was kind of like the closing ceremonies to your meal when you got that check. Now, one of the things that I don't miss from the restaurants is the smoking section. There was a time where smoking was everywhere. I know it's hard to believe in today's world, and I know we tend to forget how prevalent smoking was, but it used to be that smoking was basically the default. If you went into a bar, if you went into a restaurant, you would walk into a smoke-filled room. And I remember visions of some of these restaurants we went into. It was hazy when you went in there because of all the smoke. Now, you didn't notice it. It didn't stand out to you because it was just a fact of life. People smoked all of the time, and that included at dinner. Some people smoked through dinner. Some people would save their cigarette until after dinner was over. But there were a lot of smokers everywhere. And there were no rules against it. There were no laws against it. You went into a restaurant. Every table had an ashtray. There was no stepping outside for a smoke. You just lit up at your table. There's been a slow evolution in my lifetime of every place being a smoking place to every place being a non-smoking place. We transitioned from every place smoking to having smoking sections, which, by the way, caused a huge uproar. Smokers were incensed that they had to sit in a separate section. They had a right to smoke wherever they wanted. (laughs) I mean, even having a smoking section and a non-smoking section wasn't perfection, It didn't really solve the problem, but at least it made it a little easier for non-smokers to eat. I mean, you get used to it. You get used to eating with smokers if you have to, if you have no choice. But I will tell you, the restaurant dining experience is a whole lot better with no smokers involved. Another thing that's new to restaurants, in my lifetime anyway, is air conditioning. I know it sounds weird because we're so used to having every place air conditioned. Air conditioning is basically a fact of life for everybody in the U.S. right now. Well, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people, a large percentage of people. But I remember going into some restaurants that didn't have air conditioning. When we were on vacation in Virginia when I was a kid, our favorite restaurant, Bill's Seafood Restaurant, they had air conditioning that can best be described as spotty. And it's because it was an older building, old restaurant. They had some giant window air conditioner in one of the windows that occasionally worked. But for those times where it wasn't working, they had those giant fans like you used to cool off a warehouse. And that certainly gave you a breeze, but it's not air conditioning. But when air conditioning became more prevalent and certain restaurants could afford them, I remember seeing those air conditioning signs in windows. We're air conditioned. Chilly. Come in, get cool. But I don't remember the come in, we're air conditioned signs at any place but restaurants. And I guess that's because you would go into a restaurant, grab a cup of coffee, have a cold soda, and if it was air conditioned, you might stay longer and order more food or more drinks. It was a way to attract customers. As glad as I am that the smoking has left the restaurants, that's how glad I am that air conditioning is a fixture in restaurants now. Over the years, we've also lost a certain type of restaurant. 
Now, I remember this from my eighth grade class trip. I think it was the first time that I was really away from my family and had to fend for myself on the road. I mean, my eighth grade class was all together. We had chaperones. We were on school buses going down to Washington, D.C. So it's not like I was on my own on my own, but I had to make my own choices. And one of the places that we stopped at for a meal was a cafeteria on the road to Washington. Now, I'm sure you've been to a cafeteria, whether it's in grade school, in high school, or even in college. You grab a tray, walk up to the metal serving area where they have chefs behind there, slap a steak on your plate or a piece of chicken, some vegetables, some potatoes, whatever they have back there. And you had a selection and you could pick what you wanted and they'd put it on your plate. I remember these cafeteria-style restaurants being all over the place. They weren't as prevalent as McDonald's. But if you were on the road, you would see cafeteria places all up and down the highways. You'd find them in the big cities. New York had a cafeteria. Philadelphia had a cafeteria. I don't remember the names of them, but it was just a style of restaurant. Like these days, well, pre-COVID, we had buffet restaurants. You'd go up and serve yourself all you can eat, whatever you want. The cafeteria style was like being back in high school. You'd go up with your tray, make your selections, and pay at the register for whatever you picked. But we don't have those anymore. It's interesting because we may have those come back again after COVID because I doubt very many people are going to want to go to a buffet anymore. I know I don't. So the cafeteria-style restaurant that I grew up with may come back. Bookmark this episode because if it comes back, you heard it here first. I would, of course, be remiss if I didn't leave you with some dad jokes having to do with restaurants. Because what better place for dad to display his horrible sense of humor than at the restaurant? That's the best place to embarrass your kids, right? I know, because I'm a dad and I do this. So, for instance, if the waitress asks, Do you want a box for your leftovers? You as the dad have to say, No, but I'll arm wrestle you for the bill. As the waiter comes around to read the specials, you make sure to let him know, I'm on a special seafood diet. I see food and I eat it. As a dad, if you go to a restaurant where they have animal heads mounted on the wall, maybe TGI Fridays, you have to observe, Well, it must have been going pretty fast when he hit that wall. And of course... When the waiter comes up and says, Hi, I'm Chad. I'll be your waiter tonight. Your response is, Hi, I'm Dad. I'll be your customer. These are in the Dad rule book. Make sure you memorize these. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I apologize for all of those. And yes, I have used all of them. I pass them on to you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with this. You guys are the best, and I can't thank you enough for all your support. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.